Hi, I'm Suzanne. I am a videographer and photographer and I am here because this month is International Women's Day on the 8th of March. In keeping with this year's theme of hashtag choose to challenge, I've been working with nine brilliant women creating a photo series to represent different stereotypes that modern Australian women face. Alongside this photo series, we've recorded a conversation on each of these topics to help create a dialogue around them for International Women's Day. You're going to get one a day until the 9th of March, so stay tuned. Today's topic is choose to challenge sexuality, and when I say that, I'm talking about having a sexuality, not sexual preference. I have this conversation with the very well-informed Lara, as she is the owner and founder of Elixir Play. If you would like to see the photos of Lara, please head to my Instagram at suzanne.was.here. Hi everyone, I am Lara Pack. I'm the founder of Elixir Play, which is a women's pleasure product company. Which is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so, what we're going to talk about today is choosing to challenge sexuality. Um, and obviously you're going to be a wonderful person to discuss this topic given your area of expertise. Um, and I guess I just want to start with what you've experienced to be some of the main roadblocks and stereotypes that women deal with on the topic of sexuality. Um, I mean, there's so many, but I think uh, one of the biggest things for me is like this difference between um, being overly sexual or not very sexual. And you're judged on either end of the spectrum. You can't just be who you are. There's you're no either, <laughs> exactly, there's no gray. So either you are not very sexual and you don't enjoy it and therefore you're judged for being a prude or you're overtly sexual and you're comfortable in your sexuality and you're slut shamed and it's just not being able to find this balance of like why can't we just be who we are and whatever we're comfortable with let's just go with that and celebrate that instead of this constant being brought down or being judged for yeah. wherever we are in between yeah and and i think most people would obviously fall on the in-between exactly <laughs> as yeah. with any scale <laughs> yes exactly yeah and so yeah. what kind of issues have you come across in trying to introduce or make women comfortable with pleasure products yeah i mean it's been honestly a huge challenge <laughs> i know we're talking about challenges but um you know, I think when I, when people ask me, it took me a really long time to get comfortable just outright saying, I make pleasure products for women. Mm -hmm. I used to try to find different ways, like, oh, I create products or I create um, things for women. Uh, yeah. Because what I found was a lot of people would be like, either, uh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, oh, you do that or cool how did it start or it became very sexual it became like oh what kind of kinks are you into oh yeah things like that and so I couldn't really <laughs> find this happy medium mm -hmm. um and I feel like you know I really I came from this from a place of wanting to help women who weren't enjoying sex and had had experiences of painful sex like I had mm -hmm. and trying to normalize it so it wasn't just this like oh I'm gonna design pleasure products it was it helped me and I wanted to help other women yeah. and trying to get that message out in an industry that's overly sexualized yeah. has been really tough yeah. um, to kind of find a voice and a space and um, feel comfortable to do it in the world that we live in. And I still get judged a lot of the time and there's still lots of people that are like, why would you do that? And so you have two daughters, like, why would you do that when you have kids and what, what kind of world are you setting them up for? And look, I have no doubt when they're teenagers, I'm going to embarrass them for a whole lot of reasons. <laughs> and most parents will. And this will just be job. one of them. Exactly. 
Um, yeah, I loved yeah, what you said issue. about that in the past when you were asked, do you worry that they're going to be teased about this? And I think you said, um, basically, you know, if, if what I am doing is going to create a future where things like this are more acceptable and more open, less shameful and better yeah. for women, then that's what I want to do. And it's worth it in the short term. Like, exactly. I love that. And I think it's, it immediately reminded me of the very famous quote from Emma Watson of, uh, if not now, when, if not me, who is your own version <laughs> of that? It's probably a little bit of a high bar for Peter Richard. <laughs> no, but it's um, all the little steps, right? Like we don't, but it is. we don't eat an elephant all at once. <laughs> exactly. And I think, you know, when you believe in something and lots of people ask, you know, like starting this business and how do I do it? Mike, you just, it's one step at a time, mm-hmm. you know, and the next thing becomes next thing. And I learn every day. I learn along the way. I, I make mistakes all the time. I fail, but in every failure, you learn a lesson, you pick up and do something. But I really want my kids to grow up in a world where pleasure is normal for women, where it's celebrated, where it's encouraged. And whether we like it or not, we just don't live in that world right now. It's getting better, yeah. but we don't live in it right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was 100 years ago. I mean, still today in some countries, but 100 years ago in European countries, they were still doing... Um, surgery to prevent women from masturbating exactly which I mean it's not long ago enough (laughs) exactly that is not long ago enough yeah and I think we've got a long way to go but I'm curious from your perspective what have you found when you're talking to women has helped with reducing shame or stigma around sexuality in general yeah I mean, look, I think the biggest thing is literally just talking about it. I mean, we we just don't, you know. Um, We sit in shame. We don't talk to our friends. You know, how how good would it be if you went for coffee with your bestie and you sat there and you were like, oh, just didn't want to have sex last (laughs) night. And your friend was like, I don't want to either, but I tried this one thing and it worked. And, you know, have you thought about doing this? Have you thought about... We don't have those kind of conversations. Or, hey, I'm finding sex really painful at the moment. And instead of living with it, the doctors were like, you know what? That's actually not normal. We could probably do a whole lot of things. I mean, it's normal in that it's it's experienced by a lot of people. But as in there's there's ways that we can fix it. Yeah, and there's there's lots of reasons why it might be painful and that we could do things to help with. Yeah. And so it's the same thing, and I I reference this a lot, but I had a miscarriage. And it's the same thing I feel about miscarriage. We don't tell anyone we're pregnant until we're 12 weeks. And why do we not do that? Because the risk of miscarrying is so high. But, you know, when you have that, that miscarriage, it is so lonely. And for me, I felt let down. I felt like my body had let me down. I felt so much shame. But I happened to have been in a room when I was having my ultrasound with three women, two out of the three who'd had a miscarriage themselves. And that support would have been... And it was it was amazing. Right. But I was like, you know, we just don't... We don't talk about it. Yeah. And so I think as women, we often... The expectations are so high for who we should be or want yes. to be. We should swallow anything unpleasant. Exactly. Yeah. And we don't talk. shameful. Yeah. And, you know, if we just had a normal conversation like you and I are having now, yeah. we'd probably help each other a lot or at least we wouldn't be sitting in that world of, like, this is just me. Yeah. Um, well, that's even what um, – I mean, I've come from a family of health professionals, yeah. even though that's not where I'm in. So I have very few boundaries. Yes. <laughs> and I realised that going into workplaces and even just um, how much women are uncomfortable about talking about menstruation. Yes. And I'm like – there's so many things that 
I wouldn't have realized if I hadn't talked to other women about completely. And on that as well, um, something that I've discovered more and more women have a stigma around, which I think is quite interesting, is the use of lube. Oh my gosh. You should be expected to produce enough uh, moisture. (laughs) And I'm like, what what kind of pressure? We don't put that much pressure on men to be able to go, 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 go. Exactly. Women have to. It's like it's a banner, right? It's literally like we sit there and we're like, oh, I didn't have to use lube or I was wet enough or I did this. It's like, I'm sorry, when did this happen and why is it happening? And it's. I totally agree. It's ridiculous. And it's it's so insane to me that we feel that way. But it, it we're, we're raised that way. Well, we're not even raised that way. We're not taught. Well, I certainly wasn't. And yeah. I love my mom. I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> but it wasn't like I was taught, like, go and have your own pleasure. And when you're having sex the first time, make sure it's about you and you enjoy it. It was like, oh, yeah. make sure it's someone you love. Yes. And that they're going to take care of you or they're going to look after you. And it's very yep. special. And don't. it's all about the other person yes and there's no like hey if it's a bit painful have you tried using some lube because that might help yeah and we just don't have these conversations yeah. I, I totally agree. or even just the fact that the first time might not be fireworks and exactly rainbows and- <laughs> this is why i loved bridgerton oh yeah um i'm obsessed with bridgerton <laughs> but it's one of the reasons i loved it because he's like you know this is going to hurt talks through and it, there's all these conversations about like it, it's not going to be amazing initially. Yeah. And we need to set that expectation because otherwise, you know, your first experience has such an impact on how you're going to view it in the long term. Yeah. If we don't talk about that, you know, we're setting everyone up for failure. And if yeah. you don't know what feels good for you, well, someone else isn't going to necessarily discover that for you. If you find someone great, but, you know, it's why it's so important that we know our own bodies and what feels good to yeah. us, that we can actually help our partners experience the pleasure too 100%. like it's it's not just you know I think often one of the things that I hear a lot about is like this ego of the man if you use a toy or use a pleasure product <laughs> and like how am I going to introduce it to my partner and I'm like why does it have to be instead of and I and in fairness I blame Samantha from Sex and the City for that like I don't need no man <laughs> I've got my vibrator I've got this rabbit and it's like but you could use it together yes, like you can yeah. explore your bodies together yeah in ways that help both of you that's yes. not actually insulting to the other person. 100%. I um I was thinking about stories that I wanted to talk to you about and there's uh, I have a lot of uh, male friends given I have a background in information technology. So okay. <laughs> um and uh, one of my friends who was very excited was telling t- telling me about a new uh, girlfriend that he had and that he'd bought her a little bit of a special something. I said if you really want to make her happy you should buy her a vibrator and he's like, "Oh, I'm sure she's got one of those." And I'm like, Wait, you don't know if she's got one of those. And he's like, why would I know? And I'm like, use it with her. Exactly. I was like, that's how you make her happy. I was like, use it together. Exactly. <laughs> and he was older than he should have been to not know that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's amazing how many people don't. You know what I found incredible? I try to um, give people forums where they can contact me and ask questions and things like that. That's great. And I've had so many men oh, emailing wow. me saying like, my wife has really, um, experiences really bad pain. Is there anything you can suggest or any tips that you can say like that would help? I really want to be supportive and understanding. And I'm just like, so in awe of these human beings who drop your ego on the side. It's all about her and yeah. let me 
you know, they're taking the time to send a message to a complete stranger to ask how they can help their partner have better sex. Yeah. I'm like, you know, this isn't just, you know, as much as I'm a women-led business and it's all about women, I'm like, if we can educate men along the way as well, like, amazing. I'm curious, have um, either of your kids started um, sex ed at school? Um, not yet. So my no. oldest is eight. Okay. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how it goes. So it's changed a lot. Yes. So I hear. <laughs> yeah. Not, not as much as I'd like it to, but it's definitely, Getting they're starting done. to talk more about yeah. both parties having pleasure and enjoying themselves yes. and a lot around consent Yes. and making yes. sure that you want to do it and things like that. So I think it's yes. amazing yeah. and it'll be really interesting, you know, 30 years from now to see how this generation's been brought up and you know you can already see the younger generations quite confident well much more confident in not necessarily their bodies but in sexuality like yes. when I spend time with 18 year olds they're definitely more comfortable talking about things than when I spend time with the 50 year olds yes. and 60 year olds yes. so a little bit of a mix but yeah. yeah it's gonna be interesting yeah and I think you know obviously um, time changes things, but we can we can keep getting better. And what would what would you like to see? You said you think you'd like to see there be more, but what would you like to see change in the future? Um, I just think more around feeling good. I think also really understanding anatomy. Yes, like we don't go into and it, it's interesting even studies now on the clitoris things like that we barely know anything about it from a science perspective yes. because it's only been quite recent to your point earlier that we're even studying it yes and it's <laughs> it's the only kind of organ in the body that's just for pleasure yeah like there's they haven't found another reason for it yet so that's kind of amazing and it's like it was specifically put there yeah so we could have a good time which is awesome because we have to go through so much other pain it's like, oh my gosh <laughs> good nice trade-off um but i think yeah more around anatomy more around this concept for me around explore and play yeah. so that's a really big theme in my business yeah. but just in general like just play and see what feels good and spend time getting to know your body and yeah. doesn't have know, to be so intense and yeah, serious yeah exactly yeah. and I think that's part of what ends up happening is like we lose the fun you think you know when you're initially with someone you like can't wait to get into bed and it's very fun and cheerful and playful and you're <laughs> you know you're touching each other and you're spending all this time getting to know each other's bodies It'd be nice to, first of all, spend that time with ourselves, getting to know our own bodies. Yeah. But also bringing that in throughout a relationship. Yeah. Oh, then you bring your cheat sheet to your relationship. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, that would be good over time. Yeah. I think we're getting better. And from the reading that I've done, I mean, the the changes have already started to make massive statistical differences in um, sexual assault, in teen pregnancies, in yeah. a lot of these kinds of issues. And I think that's great. And that can only get better and we need to make it get better. We need to make it better for the next yeah. generation. One of the biggest challenges that come first came to mind for me is that women who are in touch with their sexuality or enjoy sex or dare mention that they enjoy sex are sluts and whores and oh, asking yeah. for it and all the plethora of awfulness, which I mean, if, hey, if you're taking on slut as a term of endearment, then more yeah. power to you. And I right. love that some people are doing that. Um, but the negative connotation of it is completely yes uh, like even oh that girl's wearing short shorts what a slut exactly what always I know (laughs) buy her clothing (laughs) it's nuts it's actually insane um 
Is that, oh, well, do you know what? At eight, your daughter, is that coming around? Because I feel like that's younger and younger. Oh, honestly, even I just recently had an experience. We were on holiday and um, she's got a matching bikini to her little sister and she put oh. it on and I was like, amazing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she went quiet. She's like, I'm going to change into my full piece. And I said, why? And she's like, I don't want anyone to see my tummy. Oh. And I was just flawed yeah. and I'm not someone like we're a naked household yeah. I'm really encouraging of Good on you. you know just be on it and I yeah, said to her like, in your body. I said this has just I'm like as your mom this hurts oh. so much I said because you're beautiful no matter what you are no matter what you look like and yeah. I said and I want you to feel comfortable and I'm not going to force you to wear it because yeah. that's you know that's the opposite of what I want to do yeah. um but I said I really want you to feel comfortable I said you know what I'm going to do I'm going to wear my bikini the whole day like I'm going to walk around Byron Bay I'm not going to put <laughs> pants on I'm not going to put <laughs> towels on I literally <laughs> and I we went to the beach and we walked all the way back through town and I was and, and in fairness I actually inside was like struggling a little hard, bit yeah it's really hard but I was like I'm going to no, do that's this exactly what you need oh and, I like yeah good job. Was, I'm so impressed but I think it is happening younger and younger. And, I, and, and also, even, even for me, I find I'm really conscious of that line. Yeah. And then I, I catch myself and I'm like, I want to wear a dress. And I'm like, oh, it's a bit short and it's a bit tight or it's a bit this. And I'm like, why do I care? Yeah. Do I like it? Exactly. Yeah. But I think we're so used to looking at it through the male lens yes. and through, and not even just the male lens. Or, also from other women, yeah. right? Like how often do we tear each other down yeah. because it's the other woman sitting there that's saying to someone, oh my God, did you see that slut, what she's wearing or yeah. she's asking for it or she's doing yeah. something. So I think we've got a long way to go to build each other up yeah. and just start to say, you know, what if that person's comfortable and happy, good for them yeah. and just stop, full stop. Yeah. And I think um, like a part of all of these issues is, media representation and I think you know we touched on Bridgerton it's starting to get a bit more of an idea from the female perspective is amazing something that I love and I've tried to take on board is from Booksmart have you seen it no so it's about two girls who are finishing high school in America and they're best friends and um this plot line that's irrelevant to what I'm going to talk about (laughs) um they do this thing where they like aggressively compliment each other like I cannot handle you dressed like that (laughs) we need to get out of here and they like have like a battle of the compliments in like an aggressive way and I just thought that was wonderful and I'm like everybody should bring that into their exactly we have to be just comfortable in our bodies and what feels sexy to one person won't to another person but it's not about anyone else it's just like I'll never forget like I'm someone for me I, there's certain things that make me feel good. So if I get my hair done, you know, I walk out of a hairdresser and I feel <laughs> like a million, and I remember a hairdresser saying to me, she's like, you can wear jeans and a t-shirt, walk out and feel like a million dollars. You could buy a million dollar dress and not feel as good. And I was yeah. like, you know, for me, that's kind of resonates. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. not with someone else. I'm like, let's just do what makes us feel good. Let's try to focus on what we like. And it was interesting. I think that's what really struck me when I was talking to my daughter because I'm like, I don't ever talk about weight or size or anything like that. I talk a lot about eating healthy because I have diabetes. So Very me, relevant in your life. <laughs> yeah. Eating healthy is important, but also having treats is equally important. <laughs> um, but, you know, I really try not to do that. But I'm like, we, we have to think about 
what do, what world do we want our kids to grow up in? It's actually not about us. And 100%. I think if we start to think about that more, we'll all start to be a little bit more kind and 100%. forgiving of ourselves 100%. and everyone else. Being realistic about the fact that some people do have these self-conscious um, issues. I think a really cool point that you mentioned to me before we hopped in here was about um, doing what makes you comfortable. If turning off the lights means you're going to be able to relax exactly. and have a good time, Go for then it. do it. Exactly. And just, you know, I think we all have something that makes us feel good. Like everyone's got a something. So just do that something. Like just go with it and, you know, try and find the right person. Like if if someone else is bringing you down, walk away from it. Yeah. You know, but I think a lot of the time it's actually with us. And if we started to feel a little bit more confident in ourselves and able to voice our opinion and ask for what we wanted. Yeah you'll probably get it yeah like you just have to ask yeah but you have to spend the time with yourself to know what you want and I think that's the piece that's missing at the moment yeah we don't spend enough time doing that for ourselves yeah and I think if you have a partner just tell them and they'll probably be fine with exploring it (laughs) exactly I mean you know good healthy relationships are all about communication like sex is not and I say this all the time it's actually not about the physical like it's not a human being's not good at sex because they've got a certain body yeah they're good at sex because they communicate because they enjoy it because they tell you what they want they listen to you yeah that's actually the foundation for what makes good sex so the more you talk about it and figure out what you like or at least if if not actual talking like non-verbal talking like moving hands around and doing things that's what's going to make it amazing yeah um but you know this notion that a human being is either good or bad because of a physical attribute it's a complete fallacy yeah while this series we're talking about um modern australian women i also do want to touch on the charity initiative that you have um obviously not as big of an issue in australia but the sex trafficking issues globally um and how your products a percentage goes to um charities that are helping prevent that there were lots of reasons I wanted to start this brand um and it was partly because I wanted to design the products and it was also because I wanted to build a brand and I wanted to help uh empower women to understand their bodies and then I always wanted to be able to give something back I'm a big believer that in anything in life there's always an element where we can do a little bit of good for the world yeah um and when I started researching about pain from during sex the statistics around sexual assault sexual abuse were unbelievably significant it was like one in five women have had Mm. some form it's often a precursor to why you have pain during sex um because you've had a negative experience your body remembers it and you create a physical yes um response to it and so when I started looking into that I was like well what what could I do about that and I wanted to find a few different charities kind of all over the world that were doing different things that work to stop sex trafficking So I think part of this problem, you know, we talk a lot about sluts and we talk a lot about shaming and all these things, but so much of that is also tied up in sexual abuse, sexual harassment on both ends of the spectrum. Mm. So there's women that get trafficked, things like that, and then there's women that choose to be escorts or choose to be um, sex workers that love it. And so I was like, okay, well, in this world where people are being trafficked and that, what could I do? And there were just some amazing charities that do different things from... Sometimes trying to prevent it, but then there's a couple, and the Zoe Foundation's one of them. They they really help women that have experienced some form of sexual abuse or been trafficked to rebuild their lives. Yeah. Because 
it's one thing to say let's stop it but then what does this human being do afterwards we need the solution exactly we need um, more education in those areas and we need yeah um, and create a life for them like give them an alternative because you're coming out of these horrific abuse stories Mm. of people that feel worthless often don't have families and things like that and then we have to to create a better life they don't have exactly yeah um so it was really about you know you've got to break break the cycle yeah um and so I found these charities and I just think you know I'm never going to change the world on it but I'm you know you said it earlier I just if we're not part of the solution if we're not willing to do something it's never going to change and if every single human being would just do a little bit we might be able to stop or, or at least help some of these people and so in whatever way I'm like I loved the idea that from all these women experiencing pleasure that we could help change the way that sex had been um kind of construed to someone else through circumstance yeah as well and yep. try to make that a bit better yeah um and I liked the synergy of that and just being able to do just a little bit in that space yeah oh that's so good and I think I love all the points that you've made and what seems to be the consistent is communication in Always. in pleasure in educating children in and in even on the other scary scale of sexual abuse against children if they understand what it is and they know to tell their parents that it's wrong they know to not believe predators absolutely imagine the difference that would make and i think um yeah communication seems to be the number one take out of this is talk about it talk about it absolutely talk to your friends about it i mean if you're uncomfortable just dip your toe in and someone that you're exactly. really, really comfortable with, maybe try it out, you think? <laughs> Absolutely. And and there's so many different forums where, and you can be anonymous, right? Oh, yes, you don't of course, have start to start anonymously. If you don't want yeah. to talk to your best friend, cool, but go on the forum, just read things. But like yes. there's just there's this whole world out there that I agree. Like we can all help each other. Yeah. If we just open up the conversation. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for talking to me. This has actually been great. Such a great chat. Thank you. I've loved hearing everything from you and I could keep going for several hours, but I should probably let you go. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And it's been awesome chatting to you. So thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much.